Welcome to the Untold Hour. This is Andrew Bowser, back at it again with some stank on it this week. I don't know, actually, if there's any stank on it. There might be a little stank on it. Ooh, that would be a great segue into the first Weird of the Week, but I'm not going into Weird of the Week yet. But when I get there, I'll double back and explain why that segue would have been great. I wanted to first tell you what's happening on the show this week. We are still Mitt Out Jess... Uh, without Jess. Uh, that's the German way to say it. I hope she's having a grand old time out there in the field. A safe time, but a spooky time. You know, I hope she's having a grand old safe spooky time. A-G-O-S-S-T. A ghost. A ghost. Oh my gosh. I hope she's having a ghost of a time. Wow. I backed into that and it slapped. This week on the show, after I get through some Weird of the Week, we're going to be joined by a special guest. Some of y'all may know her. Her name is Sapphire Sandalo. We used to have a podcast together called Alter Weekly, and we don't have that show anymore. But she's going to be my guest this week. We're going to talk about some horror films we both watched. I'm going to ask her a little bit about some supernatural stuff, but I'm not sure how deep we'll go into the supernatural depends on what she has to talk about but we're just gonna have a quick catch-up session with sapphire it's gonna be a shorter episode this week but it's gonna pack a giant punch okay i promise you that your money back if this episode doesn't pack the biggest punch in weeks i also want to thank everybody that has complimented uh me on my rants and on my solo episodes that means a lot It definitely sucks when Jess comes back and she says, so why has everybody been talking about how annoying you've been? I don't like that. I don't like that. Let's keep it on the complimentary side when talking about how A-Bows holds it down so low. All right. Um, The first Weird of the Week, and this is the one that would have made for a great transition out of talking about Stank, is that a study finds... That ghost forest tree farts contribute to greenhouse gas emissions. Now, can you unpack that headline? Ghost forest tree farts. Oh, okay. Uh, There's a dog barking outside of my garage. There's nothing I can do about it. Listen to this. A new study from North Carolina State University finds that greenhouse gas emissions from standing dead trees in coastal wetland forests colloquially called tree farts, need to be accounted for when assessing the environmental impact of so-called ghost forests. Okay, I think I understand what a tree fart is, but what's a ghost forest? I guess a, a forest of, of, of dead trees, I, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of cool. I'm going to stop reading this article halfway through because when I looked at it earlier, they stopped talking about tree farts real quick. And obviously, the point of talking about this is just to LOL at the term tree farts. In the study, researchers compared the quantity and type of GHG emissions from dead tree snags to emissions from the soil. While snags... Now, why are they calling them snags now? While snags did not release as much as the soils, they did increase 
GHG emissions of the overall ecosystem by about 25%. Researchers say the findings show snags are important for understanding the total environmental impact of the spread of dead trees in coastal wetlands, known as ghost forests. I mean, that's kind of all you need to know, but I am annoyed that they don't explain why they're called snags. They go from saying they're tree farts, and then they're just like, okay, guys, come on, let's have some decorum. Let's call them snags for the rest of the article. Honestly, you should have called them tree farts the whole time. There is a quote later in the article that says, uh, the study's lead author, Melinda Mar- Martinez, says, even though these standing dead trees are not emitting as much as the soils, they're still emitting something, and they definitely need to be accounted for. Even the smallest fart counts. Well, Melinda, I agree. I mean, how else can I say it? Even the smallest fart counts. Have you ever, this is too much information, but at this point, is that such a thing on this podcast? Have you ever decided to let out the smallest fart and somehow it smells as if you smeared shit on the furniture you're sitting on? I can't, the other week at a friend's house, all vaxxed, uh, I let out the tiniest fart. And I can usually blame it on their dog because their dog is a notoriously gaseous dog. They even have a baby. Do you know how easy it is? And I'm sure this has existed in a million and one stand-up acts. Do you know how easy it is to blame a fart on a baby? So fucking easy. Although most parents know the smell of their baby's farts and shits. So it's not as easy to get away with. Whereas like dog farts, I feel like they change a lot. And a dog can eat something out in the in the yard that you don't even know it ate, and its fart can smell like something completely new and unexpected. Whereas a baby's diet is so looked after by the parents, they know what that shit should smell like. And if you try to blame an adult man's fart on a baby that's been eating the same thing for months and months, you're not going to get away with it. The more you know. Anyway... A couple of weeks ago at these friends' house, I let out the tiniest fart, and my God, it smelled like I had taken a shit in their living room. And I know everybody could tell. I know they noticed it. They're also close enough friends to where I could have said, uh, sorry guys, I, I just farted. That's me. They wouldn't have thought anything of it. The, the, the male friend farts loudly in front of us. You know what I mean? It's, it's that kind of environment. We're vaxxed and we're lax. But... I still have shame around bodily functions, so I felt the need to hide it. I don't think it was hidden. I think they knew what the fuck was up. And just so you know, they've invited me back. It's not like that was a one-and-done scenario and I'm no longer their friend. Okay, next Weird of the Week. Dracula's Castle is a bloody good place to get a COVID-19 shot? Question mark? At Dracula's Castle in the picturesque Transylvania, Transylvania 6... 5,000 Transylvania 6, whoa! Romanian doctors are offering a jab in the arm rather than a stake through the heart. I love this. A COVID-19 vaccination center has been set up on the periphery of Romania's Bran Castle, which is purported to be the inspiration behind Dracula's home in Bram Stoker's 19th century Gothic novel Dracula. Wow, could that be any more confusing? Bran Castle was uh, the home of Bram Stoker's Dracula? 
Every weekend through May, vaccination marathons will be held just outside the storied 14th century hilltop castle where no appointment is needed in an attempt to encourage people to protect themselves against COVID-19. We wanted to show people a different way to get the vaccine needle, Alexandru Priscu, the marketing manager at Brand Castle, told the Associated Press. I fucking love this, dude. I fucking love this. Those brave enough to get a Pfizer vaccine shot receive a vaccination diploma, which is aptly illustrated with a fanged medical worker brandishing a syringe. Besides the diploma, people benefit with free entry to the castle's torture rooms, which have 52 medieval torture instruments. Come on. That is cool. That's cool. That's cool. That is a cool castle. You know what's not a cool castle? Side note. Uh, personal gripe. Uh, the castles I've reached out to about filming the Onyx movie that have all said no. Those aren't cool castles. Brand castle? Cool castle. All the castles that have said no to my film production? Uncool castles. You know, castles, you've got a decision to make. You can be one of the cool castles, or you can be one of the uncool castles. What's it gonna be? Which side of history will you be on? Alright. Next weird of the week. Fisherman quits on the spot. When an absolute nightmare emerges from the water. All right, what do you think the absolute nightmare is going to be? I don't know what it's going to be. There's a video, but I haven't pressed play. Do you think it's an alligator or crocodile? Do you think it's like, it wouldn't be a dead body, but do you think it's like a a floating piece of something that's not in an, that's not a uh, human or animal that's like you know he pulled out a dead uh, 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 sorry like a baby doll like a rotting uh, mannequin uh or do you think it's like an eel like a giant eel or giant fish i don't know what's your guess all right here we go a florida fisherman's efforts came to an abrupt end when he almost became the catch of the day wah, wah. footage posted on youtube shows 22 year old tommy lee great fishing for tarpon in the Everglades on Saturday when an alligator emerges from the water. This isn't as interesting as I thought it would be. Oh, Jesus Christ, he says as the gator approaches. And then, to make matters worse, Lee fell while fleeing. Fortunately, the gator held back and, after a tense standoff, returned to the water. But the fisherman called it a day. And I am out of here, he said. Screw that. Tommy Lee estimated the gator was 11 feet long. It's mating season in Florida, which means the gators are more active and encounters can become more frequent. Florida Fish and Wildlife urges residents to be vigilant for themselves and their pets, given the gators live in all 67 counties in the state. Jesus Christ. Experts say that they they could be present anywhere there's water. First of all, you need to watch every bottle of water. Your bat. Wait, what? What? First of all, you need to watch every body of water. Your bathtub? What? Your swimming pool? Yeah. Your backyard pond? Your mud puddles that your kids play in? Whoa. I'm kind of getting my mind blown right now. Okay. Hold on. I'm ha- like, like I'm at my, my mind's getting rearranged. Hold on. In Florida, it's like alligators are spiders. You know what I mean? You know how like a spider can be anywhere. Like, ah, that looks like somewhere a spider would live underneath that chair or in that weird shed in the corner of that garage. They're saying in Florida, alligators kind of spread like that. They're like, oh, is there water? Well, maybe I'll go and live in that for a bit. Even a mud puddle, dude? A mud puddle? 
So we're talking baby gators are what, just out loose? They're going to climb in your window and wind up in your bathtub? What? Wow. Alligators are on the run, especially the smaller ones that are easier to hide. The big bull alligators are pushing all the little ones out because they want all the ladies to themselves. What the fuck is happening in Florida? Sometimes that means a quick end to a fishing trip. Other times, it leads to displays, such as this one captured from a Florida backyard last month. And then basically it's a video of two alligators fucking. So, that's a great way to end that article. Two alligators fucking. Okay, wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know, when I was a kid, I had such a fear of uh, a a shark being in my public pool. You know, the pool I would go to and swim in as a kid. I'd close my eyes and I'd be in the deep end and I would just, I'd just feel there's a shark behind me. I'd feel it, you know? And you'd just be like, I mean, it's there. If I were to open my eyes and turn around right now, it'd be there. And that's wild to think that in Florida, that could be true of alligators. Well, on today's show, we have Sapphire Sendalo. She is a paranormal expert. She's an animator. She's a writer. She's a, a host. She's a, she's an everything. She's an awesome person all around. So here's my catch up with Sapphire. Well, hello, Sapphire. How are you? (laughs) Hello, Bowser. (laughs) I'm okay. Yeah. Are you okay? Uh, Yeah, I had a really cool weekend trip. Oh, did you? Oh, I saw a little mm-hmm. bit on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, where'd you go? I went to Sedona, Arizona for the nice. first time. Yeah. Nice. Um, and had like a tiny little panic attack on a mountain. Uh, Whoa, just because tell me I'm... about it. <sighs> so they have um, a lot of really cool hiking trails, and there's this one that we went to called Bell Rock because the, the, the mountain sort of looks like a bell shape. Okay. And so you can... There's no rules. You just climb up on the rocks and go higher and higher. And I did not have good shoes. And so I constantly kept slipping. Um, And there was one point, like, we saw people up high. So we're like, hey, they got up there somehow. Yeah. And we were literally doing some, like, free solos type of stuff up this mountain. And my legs are just, like, shaking. And I was terrified that I was going to fall off. Obviously, I did it. Yeah. You know, it's it wild, fun. though. I go into situations like that, sometimes over overly confident. I went hiking once. I hike, but I hike, like, on a path, and it's the same path every day. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I don't, I'm not, like, off-roading. But I was visiting a friend in Arrowhead, and uh, they, they said, you know, there's a really great hike down the road. It's called, like, Paradise Point or some bullshit. Okay. I don't know why it's bullshit, but... And uh, and so I did judgy. it. I know, I know. Some fucking <laughs> paradise bullshit. But uh, I did it. And I mean, I'm telling you, I like just 10 minutes in one direction. And I was like, oh, fuck. Wait, where am I? Completely lost. Couldn't remember which direction the car was in. And, and thought, I'll figure it out. I need to keep going. And I probably w- hiked for like an hour before deciding to turn around. Even though 10 minutes in, I felt be- bewildered. Uh-huh. And I tell you what. 
I hit some panic. I was like, sun was going down, and I'm like, fuck, I think it's in this direction. I just need to run in that direction because I'll start to feel calm as I see things being familiar. So I was just like booking it. Then I'm out of breath, hot, <laughs> not not going in the right direction, doubling back. Oh, my God. And then finally I like hit this little creek, and I thought, oh, I was like, oh, the creek. I remember jumping over this creek, and I, I jumped over it and was back at my car soon enough. But I was just thinking, I'm like, what kind of fucking human am i that you know can you imagine if i just died because i hiked in the wrong direction for an hour <laughs> and just couldn't find my car uh it's just sad it happens it happens though it really does mm-hmm. um well i thought this would just be a fun little catch-up <laughs> yeah. because we haven't talked in a while but we've talked over marco polo and text mm-hmm. but um i didn't want to take up too much time i wanted to first Talk about some horror films, because on our podcast that we used to host, Alter Weekly, we had really good discussions around R.I.P. We had really (laughs) great discussions around horror films, and I missed those discussions. Um, However, I am happy the last horror film we watched together was Human Centipede. (laughs) Yeah, the best one. (laughs) Oh, wait. Also, for anybody listening, the night that Sapphire and I watched Human Centipede in my backyard— and recorded the final episode of Alter Weekly was the night Grammy Boy went into the wall. Sapphire, do you know that that's where he went? Or did you just think, oh, I remember that cat Bowser was looking after got out that night? Um, like, what did, I you, mean, what did you think happened? You kept saying that it was possible for him to be in the wall. Yeah. And you kept saying there's no other place he could be. So I, yeah. I knew that we couldn't find him, but it felt like that had to be the only place and he was just what was he just being really quiet yeah he was being really quiet technically that night when you were still there he had gone to the other side of the garage and he was kind of um, underneath some stuff on the other side of the garage but then he quickly ran back the next day into my behind my onyx set wall okay and then he was there for six weeks not (laughs) not in the wall but like he would go in the wall come out eat poop and then go back in the wall and that's what he did for like weeks he didn't want to i i couldn't it's a whole thing i've told the story on the podcast but i eventually had to trick him into thinking i was gone and then dropping a panel that closed up the wall after he came out like looney tunes style but then (laughs) he broke open the panel and went back in the wall (laughs) anyway he's in a crate he's in a crate now i know but i couldn't because the the construction that's been happening in my front yard took the garage doors off Mm. And so he would just at night come out of the wall and leave and go back to being a street cat, getting his ass kicked by the roughneck cats on the street. Oh, and now he's in a big old Great Dane crate. And once the garage doors are back on, we're getting back to him eating out of the crate, you know, chilling out We're we'll be getting back on track. But I just find it interesting that you were here for the beginning of the Grammy boy <laughs> yes. drama, the escapee. Um, so. What are some horror films? I wanted to talk to you about The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yes. And Lake Mungo. Yes. So I think I told you this over text from Marco Polo. Autopsy of Jane Doe. I remember, did I tell you this? I remember loving it. Yes. And, uh, uh, yeah. And then I remember not loving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't remember why. I just remember something happened in the back half that turned me off. Uh, I'm basically asking you to tell me why I didn't like it. Do you? Yeah. Re- no. Did you have because, the same experience? 
I also had a moment where I shifted. I was like, yo, I am locked into this movie. It is so good. It's so creepy. Um, I have my cousins were here with me and one of them had already seen it. So she was like, this is one of my favorites. So I was like super hyped. And I like I'm screaming during this movie. Like I was genuinely scared. And that is honestly pretty rare. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, I feel like I'm pretty jaded, as I'm sure most people are. But um, there, and I know the exact moment. The exact moment is when they explain why all of the things are happening. It is not a good reason. It is confusing, and it is dumb. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I remember thinking, oh, I remember thinking there was a simpler way to make it all work. And, like, they chose a really... And for anybody that hasn't seen the movie, I mean, Sorry, a, it's spoilers. Like, yeah, it's like seven years old or whatever. But no, um, it's not. Oh, how old it's is 2017. it? 2017. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, it's oh, not that old. Fuck me. Um, I might be wrong. What? Uh, it, it's she's a witch, right? N- no. Oh, OK. She, she and again, if I'm wrong. Sorry, but this is this was my understanding of it. I asked my cousins about it because I was also very confused. Yeah. So she wasn't a witch but she was continually being um what's the word i'm looking for accused of being a witch and then okay. that in in doing that somehow that made her a witch and so now she wants to seek revenge on anyone who is uh messing with her right right and that, but there's like stuff written on her skin or under her yeah. skin or something. Mm-hmm. But what what was that stuff? If she wasn't an actual witch, like um, they put that on her. The people, uh, the, the people that accused her of being a witch. I think so. But was she accused of being a witch? Was she like <clears throat> eternal? Was she like this regenerated being, or was she supposed to be a modern witch? Mm. I don't know. I mean, now I'm like, shit, did I misunderstand this movie? <laughs> I My impression was that she was not a witch, but all of this, basically this energy yeah. of everyone accusing her of witchcraft, it sort of like created this curse around her. Okay. Right. Like some- Something like that. Somehow it it was like a prophecy fulfill self fulfilling prophecy or whatever. Sort yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Actually, you know what? Now that you say that, I'm like, I guess that kind of fits in with the rest of the theme of the movie. Really? And maybe that's like what it's about. It's about how if you think that something's gonna happen, right? A like you're way, giving power to something. Way. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, well, but is I that what's like there? <laughs> or, or maybe we're inventing it. I don't know. I know. Sapphire, how familiar are you with the Poltergeist movies? Um, I saw the first one pretty recently. Yeah. For again. Uh, have you ever seen number two or number three? I don't think so. I recently watched all three. I watched Poltergeist one a lot. Mm-hmm. Um Poltergeist 2, I'd only seen once before, but uh, I thought it was interesting that in Poltergeist 2, and nobody asked, but I'm just talking about Poltergeist, uh, in Poltergeist 2, it's basically that, like, the entity has not given up on Carol Ann, the youngest daughter. Like, they learn that no matter where they go, this entity is coming for this little girl, Hmm. Uh, whereas in Poltergeist 1, I mean, she is the center of their attention, but it is also because the house is an offense to 
the spirits because right. the house was built on a burial ground that should have been kept sacred. Right. And then in number two, they're go oh, go ahead. No, 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 continue. And number two, they're kind of like, yeah, that, but also this ghost is obsessed with Carol Ann. And you're like, oh, well, well which is it? Okay, so I I, ha- I don't think I've seen the second one, but a poltergeist, like the definition of one is that it needs a host. And typically a host is a young kid or a teenager. And more often than not, they are young girls. I don't know why. Um, and so if Carol Ann is the host of this poltergeist, then it would follow her to wherever they move to. Interesting. Okay, I, so I always thought of, of a poltergeist being related to a house. But hmm. so can the house be a host or is it always more a person? A, I've always a, thought a of living a pol- host. It has to be a living host. I've always thought of a poltergeist as an entity that's like knocking shit off the shelves and fucking with. Yes. Um, it's I know it's all confusing. So there's technically I mean, OK, so there's like four known haunting types. There's the residual, which is just you know, when you see glimpses of things that have happened before and they're not aware of you and they're just happening on a loop. Um, Intelligent hauntings, which is what most people think of when they think of ghosts, where, you know, you see your grandpa there in the room and he's talking to you. Um, Like they're aware of their surroundings. They can interact with you. And then the third one is a poltergeist haunting, which means that they can, um, let's... They like, most people think of poltergeists as things that are these entities that can move stuff around physically, and they also make a lot of noise. Like that's literally what the definition is. Right. But the way that I view a poltergeist is that it's sort of a manifestation, an accumulation of a bunch of chaotic energy, and mm. that chaos is what is creating all this ruckus. And Did so. You s- mm-hmm. Did you list four or? Do, what, uh, the fourth uh, one is inhuman, inhuman, demonic. Okay, that was so something be my that question. was never alive to begin with. Yeah. So the ending of every Conjuring movie, every Conjuring uh, movie yes. is like it's not a ghost, it's a demon. It's a like, demon. Yeah, we know every one of these movies ends that way. It's not, wait, it's not a ghost, it's a demon. We didn't think it was a ghost because we've seen the Conjuring. <laughs> It's a demon. Get there. Get there faster. You think we're idiots? You think we're idiots? And now finally with number three, they're just like, okay, it's a demon from the get-go. It's called the devil made mm-hmm. me do it. Except, you know what? They're going to flop it. And I bet you the third one ends with them saying, it's not a demon. It's a ghost. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be a twist. That would be a twist. Um, So here's a question. Yeah. This is like super deep divey for an episode that I was like, Maybe we'll keep this to like 35 minutes. Um, Do you think when something, what do you think could cause an inhuman presence? Oh, a couple things. Because I feel like a ghost can be, oh, that person lived here. Or, oh, uh, it was a relative of mine and maybe I need to see them to feel Mm -hmm. good about their passing. But what what would cause a fucking demon to show up? So these people that I spoke with, they call themselves demonologists and they said that they study all different types of demons new ones old ones and i was like hang on a second can you explain new what ones? that means yeah Are they like so, pokemon where there's like kind of the- <laughs> demon pokemon yeah so here's the thing there are entities hmm hang on how do i explain this okay sorry i'm like if i'm totally wrong it's all good uh, Anyways, you can be wrong on this podcast. We're okay, all great. allowed to be. 
<laughs> Nobody fact-checked This me. is a no-experts zone. <laughs> so, a... Okay, here's... Okay. A dean... Okay. <laughs> I'd also, I'd also even... love it if you started this <laughs> ten times and never finished the thought. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fuck. So, a demon is something that is, like, pure negative energy. Yeah. And it can be created out of very traumatic dark events. So for example, um like homicides, just really terrible um things. Um like that's one way that a demon can form. Um and so there's like a the earth has been around for a pretty long time and so all of the bad things that have happened over time like those have created these very old demons yeah um wow, and so, so they're, yeah. yeah keep going though that's just great that i i got mm-hmm. my mind tweaked in an earlier segment when i talked about alligators just showing up in people's bathtubs in florida Whoa. And, I, and i thought about how like alligators are like spiders in florida where they could just show up because that's like a dark spot that they'd like to be and that's a wet spot mm. they'd like to be in and now I'm mm-hmm. getting my mind blown at the idea that a demon is almost like generated as so so there's probably like fucking 50 new demons because of Donald Trump. There's probably <laughs> like cuz he brought so yeah. much negativity into the world. He probably gave birth to fucking oh, nether realm sure. nasties. For sure. So you're so so to your point about how they could be in a haunting is that because uh-huh. of so like for example, I'm a serial killer and I've done so many bad things that Mm-hmm. Now there's demons in my house, my apartment, because I've killed so many people? Um, Maybe. Uh, I know it's, it's so weird talking about these types of things because obviously it's not it's not scientific sure. in any way. Like all of this stuff is just through, um, you know, people's experiences and what like it's hard to really talk about because there really are no rules. There's just sort of general sure. understandings of stuff. Um, and so... I I don't know. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Yes. Um why would why would some hauntings be it feels like these categories are also like nice, nice, bad, mm-hmm. bad. Like hmm. the ones that are just the what did you call it when it's like oh I live in an old house that's from the Civil War so I I see soldiers every once in a uh, while residual you know? residual doesn't feel like there can be much malice there the right. intelligent mm-hmm. is that always kind of good you were saying well that it depends that I mean, could it be just bad. means that the spirit is conscious of its surroundings okay okay so that doesn't so not necessarily like a family member that was nice it could also be a Mm -hmm. bad entity just like a douche just like a douche yeah (laughs) so and then poltergeist poltergeist is sort of like a trickster like they act they like to mess around with you it's not really evil but it's not very friendly it's like right in between and then and now let me ask you this with inhuman Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Can that only mean demonic? And if not, what else is inhuman that would count? I mean, can you be haunted mm. by the ghost of a troll or a, you know, leprechaun? Do you know what I oh, mean? Like that is a act. Oh, you know what? 
that's a totally different category. Um, oh, but really? Th- but that doesn't really count as a haunting. Like, yeah. Those so those four types. Um, those are like separate from like what you said, like leprechauns or like duende, like we've talked about before. Oh, yeah. Those are elementals. Those are spirits of nature, and they just exist around all of us. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Um, and they're not. That's not hauntings. That's just no, like they're just there. Yeah, <laughs> they're just there. Um, well, you know. In Poltergeist 3, and this mm-hmm. anecdote has no end or point. Um, Great. Uh, they, the family that's been like prominent in both of the Poltergeist films sends Carol Ann away, even though okay. she's clearly the focus of this entity's... Um, oh, that reminded me. I wanted to ask you about this other movie. Um, she's clearly the focus of this entity's passion, Mm-hmm. And and they're like, hey, Carol Ann, go and live with your aunt for a few months in a in a high rise. I love the idea of Poltergeist three taking place in a high rise, just because I think it's <laughs> it's a cool way to like take the haunting, you know, haunted house movie to the next level. But literally, literally, <laughs> take it to the penthouse. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, Poltergeist three is arguably uh, the worst of the series, and it doesn't quite work. But also. The family has learned this thing wants Carol Ann. And yet, number three, they're just like, hey, Carol Ann, get out of here. And then she's attacked in the high rise, obviously. Um, What I wanted to ask you about, I want to ask about Lake Mungo, but I also wanted to ask you, have you ever seen the film The Entity? Barbara Hershey. Okay. Whoa. I'm about to say some stuff. Okay. Um, um, So... I want to make sure I'm right on these dates, though, and and the director. So it was recommended to me by the one and only Martin Scorsese. Uh, he per, <laughs> he personally recommended it to me. No, yeah, 82, 1982, Barbara Hershey, directed by Sidney Fury. Okay, so it's on Scorsese's, like, top 10 horror list. Oh, wow, okay. And I guess it was something that was kind of populating the internet a couple of weeks ago because everybody was talking about it because, spoiler alert, there's a lot of fucking dumb movies on it. Uh, mm. Or at least movies that I don't like. The point is, this movie, I, I hesitate to recommend it because I do want to say this, like, very bold trigger warning for Assault because okay. this movie is about an entity that sexually assaults a woman. Hmm. Now, okay. the weird thing about it is, I, and I'm, 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 I'm definitely, it's a much more famous film than I realized. So, I should have known more going into it, but I didn't know that's what it was about. And what's really interesting about the movie is, for the most part, they kind of navigate it with a a lot of like respect and decorum around the subject matter. Okay. Uh, which I thought was really cool is a, is a weird word to use, but <laughs> if it's going to be dealt with, it's nice that it felt like they actually were trying to talk about it, right? And it wasn't played, uh, it, gosh, it wasn't played like um, exploitation. Mm-hmm. It was like this is real, this is happening. What do I do? This woman didn't believe in ghosts prior to this happening. And of course they say it's based on a true story. And then you read about the true story. And I think it's kind of an amalgam of a couple different reports, mm-hmm. I think. 
but I would recommend you watch it if you're interested to watch like a different take on a possession film or on a haunting film. I I don't know. You might find it more campy than I did because I think you have more of a uh, problem with that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, it's this it's the early 80s. So you may be Mm -hmm. like it's cheesier than Bowser said, but I thought it was actually really grounded and dramatic. And they hold a line throughout the whole thing that's like we're not bringing in much levity we're keeping this like Mm, mm -hmm. dry and you've got to deal with this being this woman's reality and i thought it was really refreshing and i don't know why it's not more famous because i also thought its finale without giving any spoilers away was uh like a real well thought out finale like a big set piece that that really worked and if it was in a more accessible film i think the finale would be kind of iconic and known um, kind of the way that Poltergeist finale is known and the fact that in the end, you know, the house like, you know, fold, right. folds up or whatever. Um, check out the entity, but only okay. if I can't warn you enough and the audience that it deals with assault and it is very graphic. Even though it's a supernatural assault, there are multiple instances of it. And that is what the movie's about. So don't sit down to watch this if that subject matter is very triggering. Um, mm-hmm. And and Barbara Hershey, like, commits. I mean, she doesn't let you out of having to, like, sit with her and her character and and, and deal with this stuff and deal with not being believed and deal mm-hmm. with, uh, I, I, you know, what winds up happening is, like, the pseudo-scientists believe her, but the grounded scientists don't. And so it's this right. weird split. I just thought it was super interesting. Mm, um, okay. Well, let's wrap up with this because I have to cut the episode short. A lot of people have told me to watch Lake Mungo. Yes. What is it about and what is it? Uh, Is it found footage? Mm, No. It's a fake documentary. Okay. And it is very convincing. I had to Google after like 10 minutes. I was like, hang on a second. Is this real? Okay. (laughs) Um, Because the acting is very good for a fake documentary. You know, that can make or break one of those types of films. Um, it's an Australian movie, not that it matters, but, um, it follows this Australian family whose daughter had just drowned in a lake. Um, gotcha. and so the documentary is trying to find out what happened to her. And then the family is talking about, um, or, you know, as the family is trying to figure out, they kind of realized that they didn't really know their daughter that well and they learned more about like these secrets that she'd been hiding and um yeah it's okay it i watched it maybe like a month or so ago and i'm not kidding when i say that i had to look away from the screen multiple times really and it sounds so dumb. I don't know if anyone else felt this way, but it's just because there were shots that lingered on really unsettling images. Interesting. But I don't know if they were just unsettling to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if you would you'd be like, why? <laughs> why was right. that afraid of this? Um, because it's it's it, the only thing that people can say about it. Um, negatively i think is people like oh it's like not that scary or like there's you know it's not like a scary movie it's a dreadful movie yeah it's but that's what i loved about it i did like it overall oh yeah i loved it yeah okay Mm -hmm. it was very upsetting i'll watch it 
I mean, yeah. I talked about the vi- the vigil last week on this podcast and like went on and on about it. You started that, but you still haven't finished it, right? Yeah, I fell asleep. <laughs> it is a very sleepy movie. I even said that to you. It's a it's a very for as scary as it is at times, it's a very inviting, warm, sleepy movie. I mean, it's about a guy that's supposed mm-hmm. to stay awake all night watching a body. Uh, are you going to try to give it another go? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I I wasn't I didn't fall asleep because I didn't like it. I fell yeah. asleep because I was very tired. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, that was our little horror movie chat. Sapphire and Bowser catch up. Um, mm. For people that want to follow you, where can they follow you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Awkward Sapphire. And I have a podcast called Stories with Sapphire where uh, I have an episode about. Wait, did we talk? Oh, no, we didn't talk about that yet. Never mind. Ooh. Well, <laughs> can you still tease what the episode's about? Yeah, I just realized we didn't talk about spear keeping and I right. was going to plug that episode. Right. You should listen to that episode anyway. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and maybe we'll have you back on and we can talk about spirit keeping. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe once like everything actually happens. Here's my little vessel. Oh, my gosh. Uh, can I explain for those that don't know? Oh, sure. Uh, there's a I, I guess we can leave it as vague as this, but Sapphire. I mean, would you say you're a spirit keeper now and you have a vessel that has a spirit yeah. attached to it? Mm-hmm. And uh, and to find out more about what spirit keeping is, I guess they should watch your episode listen listen to your episode to. <laughs> well what, all, what yes. also what about your youtube channel did you, did you talk about that oh yes i also i totally forgot uh <laughs> i also have a youtube channel so every other wednesday uh i do more like fictional story and then add yeah. some animation to it awesome well thank you so much for joining me sapphire it was good to chat yeah. horror even if just for a little bit i'll do uh, my little npr sign off uh this has been andrew bowser and you've been listening to the Untold Hour. Bye. Untoldians, that is it for this episode of the Untold Hour. Thank you for joining us on this weird and wild ride into the bizarre. If you are interested in sharing your own story of the weird, send us your listener stories to the Untold Hour pod at gmail.com. Come join the Untold Hour convo over on my Discord server and our Facebook group. And you can follow us on our socials, Instagram at the Untold Hour, and at Untold Hour Pod on Twitter. Starbands Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.